0: of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Names, dates, and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Illegal entry.
1: It is ten thirty on a night late in August, nineteen forty, in the southwest Texas town of El Corso near the border. The streets of the Mexican section are dark and quiet. A man stands smoking a cigarette in a doorway on one of the darker streets. When he hears steps approaching, he throws his cigarette away. Hey, senor. Si. Sí. I want to ask you something. See What is it? You know some people named Gomez live on the street? (laughs) Senor, on this street there are maybe ten Gomez families. Which one you mean? They're supposed to live at number 624. I couldn't find the house. This is no surprise. The house numbers, they go only to 500. This can't be. Here, look. It's written on this piece of paper,
0: 624.
1: It's too dark. I cannot see the paper. Can you see this knife? Get it. You make one move, you never move again. What do you want? Your money, give it to me, Oliver. I got no money. Give it to me. I say I got no money. If I got money, you, you're not going to get it, do you? You're, i kill you. <laughs> give me that knife. See, i give it to you. <laughs> ah,
2: my arm. Oh, you? Help! Help! Cut up! You... Help him! Come <laughs> <Stop laughs> back here! Stop him! Stop this
3: thief!
2: Where is he going? There he goes around the corner! Get <laughs> <laughs> him! <has to> <laughs> are you going to do? <laughs> He's going up the stairs! What is happening? What is this? Shut up, you.
1: Get back in that room. What? Shut up, Rice. Slid you through.
2: He... You all alone here? Yes, si, Senor. What do you want?
1: Where's that door, Lito?
2: Out the back? Come on. We go out. No, Senor. You I... want
1: me to use this knife on you? All senora...
2: right. Come on, I say.
1: Wait a minute. This pocketbook on the table. You got money in there?
2: Senor, please. Is my paper the whole Caete. way, please.
1: see, si, see si, this is better. Eh, now we go down.
4: Oh, no.
1: Go on, go down. And remember, the knife and knee will ride behind
2: you.
4: Come on,
1: hurry.
2: Get good, Come here.
1: Now, look. We're going out to the street. Anybody stop us, we're just out for a walk. You hear that? Now, put your arms through mine.
2: That knife. See, si. and if you tip off anybody, I
1: push that knife right through you. Now, come on, walk. This way, to the right.
2: Where are you taking me? Shut up
1: and walk. Faster. Come on, faster. People searching for the fugitive became suspicious when they saw light under Maria Santos' front door and failed to receive an answer to their knocking. The sheriff was summoned. When he gained entrance to the room and saw the back door open, he phoned for assistance from the Texas Rangers. Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan were assigned. Ranger Morgan arrived first and after a preliminary investigation, went out to his car to send a radio call. Can KDXA give lab crews approximate time of arrival? Lab crew will be at El Corso within two hours. 10-4, unit
4: 22 clear. KDXA, Austin. Over here, Jace. Been here long, Clay? Oh, maybe half an hour. Left the sheriff in charge upstairs. The report I got said a holdup man stabbed somebody. Yeah, and then took off. That happened about two hours ago. The fella hurt bad. Just his arm. He helped chase the thief. People around here think the man went into this building. What do you think? Well, I know he's not here now. There's a room upstairs with a back door open. Man could have gotten in and taken the girl that lived there along with him for protection. You sure she wasn't in on the deal? Well, I thought of that, but the fellow who was stabbed said there was only one person. The stuff from the girl's purse is dumped all over the place. She could have been robbed, too. Anybody get a good look at the thief? Well, the victim said the man was Mexican. Couldn't see his face, though, too dark. Uh, any possibility of prints up in the girl's room? Well, I found a few on her purse, pretty blurred. They could be the girl's. I called the lab, anyhow. Uh-huh. Well, looks like our best bet's to find that girl. You have a description of her? Better than that. Found a picture in a room. Yeah. One on the left is her. I'm going to take it over to the sheriff's office now and put it on the wire. Anybody doing a house to house? Yeah, the deputies are taking care of that. Well, I better get moving. You coming along? No, I reckon I'll get upstairs and have a quick look around. And I'll give those deputies a hand looking for the girl. Okay, Jase. See you as soon as I can. Clay! Clay! Oh, hello, Sheriff. Oh, howdy, Jace. You're just in time. Hi, what's up? My deputy called. They've located Maria Santos. She all right? I don't know. My men found her in a boxcar down at the freight yards. When we arrived at the freight depot, we saw attendants carrying Maria Santos on a stretcher toward an ambulance. She'd been badly beaten, but she was still conscious. We decided that since she was the only person who had seen the man we were after, it was necessary to get a statement from her immediately. I got the doctor's permission to question Maria on the way to the hospital. As soon as she was settled in the ambulance, I climbed in. He could still be around the yard somewhere, Clay. Yeah, Sheriff and I will go over the place with a fine-tooth comb. See you later, Jace. Oh. Oh. I'm Ranger Pearson, Miss Santos. Oh.
2: Did, did you find him yet?
4: No. That's why I'd like to ask you a few questions. Will it hurt you too much to talk?
2: I can talk, senor. But it's only that... Oh,
4: my sight. Did he stab you?
2: Well, when we walked to the freight yards he held a knife at my side, and he kept sticking me. You get
4: a good look at his face?
2: Oh, si, senor. The face I will never
4: forget. Have you ever seen him before?
2: No, senor. I, I don't think he's from El Corso. Maybe, maybe he's from Mexico.
4: Can you give me an idea what he looked like? Something that'll help us identify him.
2: Well, he had two scars.
4: What kind of scars?
2: One under his eye, a little one. And a bigger scar at the corner of his mouth. Make him look like he's always smiling. But this man, he's not the kind who smiles.
4: Did he take you directly from your room to the freight yards?
2: Yes, senor. He made me walk through the streets with him. Sometimes we pass people. I, I want to yell, but he had the knife at my side. He kept sticking.
4: What happened when you got the freight
2: yards? Well, we walk and we keep on walking i was tired but he wouldn't let me stop then i hear the sheep cry the sheep see on the freight train the train began to move and all of a sudden this man he get excited he make me run over to a box car that stand by itself
4: was that when he hit you
2: i I think so it's hard to remember now
4: did you see where he ran after he hit you
2: no senor the last thing i remember i see his face his mouth that looked like he was smiling
4: and you don't have any idea if he ran toward that moving train? No.
2: Senor, this money. You, you think maybe he'd get away on the train?
4: That's hard to say, Miss Santos. We're going to do our best to find out. As soon as we reached the hospital, I got a ride back to the freight yards. Our man had not been found. I figured it was more than an even chance he'd escaped on the freight train Maria described... I checked with the train master. He informed me that a train carrying sheep had left several hours before. It was a slow freight due in Lubbock at noon the next day. I picked up clay and we headed north on the highway, which paralleled the railroad tracks. Ought to be catching up with the train pretty soon, Jace. Uh huh. What do you figure on doing when we come alongside? Not uh, much we can do till it's light. Yeah, I was thinking about that. If we try to stop the train now, he might get away in the dark, but it won't be light for over an hour. Yeah, no. Hey. Bet that's it up ahead. Aren't those caboose lights? Mm, Looks like them. She's not moving very fast. Gives you a funny feeling knowing our man might be riding that baby. Wish we could be sure, though. I got a hunch he had a train getaway in mind when he took the girl down to the freight yards in El Corso. What are we going to do? Drive alongside the train till daylight? That's too risky. If he is aboard and happens to spot us, he'll get suspicious and skip. you would better if we stop someplace up ahead and wait for him. Got any ideas? Not yet. Get the map out of the glove compartment, will you, Clay? Yeah, what do you want to know? See if you can locate the next station the train's due to pass through. Huh? right. Let's see. Yeah, nearest town from here would be Hamlet, about 12 miles up ahead. 12 miles. That won't give us too much time. Anything north of that? Uh, not for 40 miles. Well, then it'll have to be Hamlet. What do you have in mind? We'll need some advice about the best place to have the train stopped. got to get word to the engineer and warn him what's going to happen. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. This unit now alongside northbound freight train number 24, positioned 12 miles south of Hamlet. Believe man who committed El Corsa hold-up aboard train. Can KTXA relay message immediately to Railroad Operations Chief? Can do.
1: What is the message, Unit 10?
4: In order to make search of train as early as possible after daylight, this unit requests that engineers stop train at some suitable point north of Hamlet, Texas. Suggest unpopulated open area to be selected to reduce chance of fugitives' escape. 10-4. This unit will check with Hamlet station master to learn if message was received in time for him to deliver it to train. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. Eighty-eight sails. Now there's the engine, Jase. Sure is, it's straining up that hill. Yeah, let's hope it keeps on moving slow. A lot of things have to happen before that train passes through Hamlet. The door must be around the other side. Yeah, sounds like the station master's doing some typing. Could be the message for that freight. If he doesn't type any faster than that, the train will be in Lubbock before he finishes.
3: Howdy, gents. Hey, you must be them Rangers wanting to have 24 stop. That's right. Just got the message in on the ticker here. Typing it up now.
4: And don't let us disturb you.
3: Oh, you ain't disturbing me. Not a bit. As long as I've been here, I learned how to type pretty good. And talk same time. Uh-huh. Eh, uh, gonna have the engineer stop 24 up at Twin Forks Junction. Uh, if that's all right with you fellas.
4: How far is that from here?
3: Eh, uh, 18 and a half miles. Well, it'd be good in light time if she gets there.
4: A pretty flat country.
3: Oh, flat in the palm of your hand. You can see two, three miles both sides of the track.
4: That's fine. Hey, isn't that the train?
3: Yep, yep, that's her. Yeah, right on time, too.
4: Well, you sure you're gonna finish that message before it gets here?
3: Why, sure. She's got a good quarter mile yet. Yeah, here we are. Now, just get me a couple of water, hoops. My landed. I'll be ready. Can we help you? Nope. I got him right over here. Yep. Say, uh, I understand there's some kind of criminal on that train. We think so. I don't want to
4: rush you, but that train sounds pretty close.
3: Ah, now, don't you worry, Ranger. She's only down by the first switch. Got plenty of time. Old Steve Dillon and his conductor will have their arms through those hoops just when they're supposed to. Uh, Say, uh... You rangers want to come out on the platform with me? Yeah,
4: we'll come along, but we'll have to stay out of sight in case our man happens to be watching.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, You can stand right behind these posts here. Thanks. Uh, Can't nobody see from the train behind these here posts. Be back in a minute or two, rangers.
4: Boy, the way he was moving, I was sure he wouldn't make it. I reckon when you've been at this as long as he has, you get pretty good at timing In the one hoop. Yeah, keep your eyes open, Clay. Maybe we'll spot somebody aboard.
3: Not if he'll poke his nose out now. Probably sleeping. Maybe so. Mostly sheep cars. Not likely he's in one of those.
4: Yeah, it's hard to say. There's enough others for him to hide in.
3: Grabber, John. Well, well, he got the message, Rangers. Reckon the rest is up to you.
4: Thanks. Come on, Clay. Let's go meet a train.
0: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Illegal Entry.
4: We drove toward Twin Forks Junction where the train was due to stop. On the way, we radioed headquarters and asked for some officers from the nearest town to assist us. Four of them were waiting when we arrived just past daybreak at the junction. As I gave the men last-minute instructions, the train was visible in the distance. We don't have much time, men, so we better get moving. Constable, you take a man and head down the track. Work from the caboose forward as soon as the train stops. You other two men cross the track. When the train stops, split up and work from the middle toward both ends. If you spot them, sing out. Yeah, Reckon we better get the rifles, Chase, just in case he makes a break across that flatland. Yeah. Sure hope he hasn't jumped off somewhere along the line. If he got on, I don't think he jumped. He doesn't know we're on his trail. I guess you're right, it's Ed. He'd be anxious to get as far as he could from El Corso. Hey, here she comes. we better get over and signal the engineer exactly where we want him to stop. Seems like he's going pretty fast. Reckon that old station master got the message mixed up? I don't think so. She's starting to slow down now. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go. Wanna
1: try this boxcar first?
4: Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> Not in here. Uh-huh. Next one's a sheep car. Probably won't find him in there. We'll we just check to make sure if he plays, huh? A gondola car down there. Yeah. See yes. Somebody poked his head over the side. Just for a second. Come on, we know you're in there. Come on out. Sure you saw Hold this rifle. I'm going up and getting right. I'll keep it covered, Jace. Now watch yourself. Okay, you. Come on, get up and get out of that corner. I said, come on.
0: I guess you, I guess drop that knife. Let me go. Let me go. I said, drop that knife. That's
4: better. Now oh, I'll take it.
1: My shoulder.
4: Come on, get out of this car. Move. Okay, up over the side. All right.
1: You all right, man?
4: Yeah. You want from me? I didn't do
1: nothing.
4: Yeah, looks like the boy we want, Jason. Uh-huh. Those two scars on his face, check with the description. Okay. Tell the engineer to go ahead, Play. Sure.
1: Okay, we've got him.
4: What's your name? I didn't do nothing. What do you want me for? What's your name? Jose Lagura. You're under arrest, Jose. Por okay. Robbery, assault, and kidnapping. Come on.
1: I don't go, no. Grab him, Jay. Grab him. You don't get me.
4: Put the cuffs on him, Clay.
1: You got the wrong band, Senor. I didn't do nothing.
4: Maybe not. A couple of people saw you last night. Could be you'll change your tune when they see you again. Come on. We took our prisoner back to El Corso and delivered him to the sheriff. For two hours, Jose denied all charges against him. At noon, the sheriff had him taken back to his cell. We phoned the hospital and learned that Maria Santos and Felipe Rivera, the man who had been stabbed, were both well enough to come down and make an identification. I picked up the two witnesses, and at one o'clock, we walked along the courthouse corridor.
2: Senor, you're sure when I see this man, he will not hurt me?
4: There's not much chance of that, miss.
2: He scares me. Just to remember him is enough to make my back bone
4: cold. I'd like to
3: have him alone for five minutes. Only five minutes. He is a bad one, this man.
2: Yeah?
4: Just go right in. Mm-hmm.
2: Gracias,
4: señor. Well, that's what we wanted to know. You have a record of the girl's name? Yeah, I'll hold on. Getting some interest in dope on our boy, Jay's. Good. You remember Miss Santos and Mr. Rivera? Sure. Both of you feeling better today? Oh, si,
2: sí, señor. Much Gracias,
4: better. Si, sí, señor. The sheriff in the next room? Uh, I'm doing some paperwork. You folks make yourselves comfortable. I'll be right back. I got the witnesses outside, Sheriff. Yeah, so Fine, long. Chase. I'll phone Keep upstairs and have my deputy bring Jose down. Be I'll be in early. there as soon as I finish his report. Okay, Take back. your time. So long. Come
1: here a
4: second, Chase. Uh-huh. Seems Jose is quite a record, here and in Mexico. What's he been up for here? Oh, petty theft. Hmm. Came over on a labor contract about 15 months ago. Got a 60-day sentence after he'd been here a month. He's deported as soon as he was released from jail. How about in Mexico? He's wanted there for armed robbery. Mm. Could be why he didn't head back over the border after last night. Well, there might be another reason. What's that? A girl by the name of Lupi Alvarez. How does she fit in? Jose used to go with her. At his trial, he told the judge he stole the money so he could marry her. Howdy, folks. Reckon you can identify the man who roughed you up last night?
3: I know see him, senor, but if I hear his voice... I, I can... will know his
2: face. It's
4: hard to forgive. Yeah. He should have been down here by now. I better go see what's holding up the works. Remember now, when he comes in, you don't have to say anything till he's out of the room again. Just take a good look at him. You'll ask
3: him to talk, Senor.
4: Sure, we'll have him talk.
2: I'm still afraid, Senor.
4: You don't have to worry about a thing, Miss Santos. What's that? Sounds like the sheriff's calling us. Come on. Yeah. Where are you, sheriff? Up
0: here on the steps. Right up here.
4: Holy! It's the deputy. What happened, Sheriff? He's been slugged and his gun's gone. Jose's gotten away. We sent out an all-points bulletin on Jose. Then we started combing the town for him. He had disappeared without leaving a trace. We decided that Lupi Alvarez, the girl whose name appeared on Jose's record, might possibly give us a lead. Following day, we checked her home in Laredo. An aunt told us that Lupi and her family were in North Texas picking cotton. Could be found on a farm outside Middle River. On the afternoon of the next day, we arrived at the farm. Lupe was out in the fields, but the foreman pointed out her mother, lugging a sack of cotton
2: toward the scales.
5: Yeah, I am Rosa Alvarez. You excuse me. I'm so out of breath, but it's hard work to carry the cotton.
4: We'd like to talk to you about your daughter, Mrs. Alvarez.
5: Oh, Lupe? Lupe's done nothing, senores.
4: We know that. We're trying to find a friend of hers, Jose Lagura.
5: Oh, this one. He's no friend of Lupe.
4: Didn't she used to go with him?
5: No, senor. Oh, once Lupe, she go out with Jose. Oh, she do not like him. Jose, he's crazy for her. He run after her. He make Lupe afraid. He's a bad one, this Jose.
4: Has Lupe heard from him recently?
5: No, senor. Lupe, she does not even know he's back from Mexico.
4: How would you know he was back?
5: Why should I not know, senor? He was here only a few hours ago. What? When I bring the load of Cotton before this one, Jose, he stand by the scale. He look like crazy, man. He see me, he ask me where Lupe is. You tell him? Me tell Jose where Lupe is? No, senor. I lied to him. I say Lupe is in town today.
4: Do you know where Jose went?
5: Si. First he tried to borrow money from me. When I say no, he go to Juan, the boy who drive one of the trucks to the cotton gin. He asked Juan for a ride into town. Did he take him? Si. Juan, he does not like Jose. But he's a nice boy. He takes Jose with him.
4: Juan come back
5: yet? No, senor. Many trucks come to the garden, gin. Sometimes Juan have to wait six, eight hours. Maybe he's still there. Thanks. Uh, please, senores. If you find Jose, you will not tell him where Lupe is. He will make trouble for her.
4: Don't worry, senora. If we find Jose, we're going to see he doesn't make trouble for anybody. Not for a long while. We went to the cotton gin and found Juan, the boy who had driven Jose into town. His truck was in the middle of a line of trucks, which moved slowly toward the gin. Juan told us Jose had borrowed three dollars from him and gone on into town to get something to eat. He'd asked Juan to wait at the gin, saying he wanted to ride with him back to the farm. We decided our best chance for picking up Jose was to watch Juan's truck. We stood behind an empty wagon near the gin and waited. I don't know, Jace. It's been over an hour. Maybe we'd have done better to cover the town instead of waiting for him here. Maybe. But I think he'll head back here. he wanted want to get out to the farm, make another try to see Loopy. He could have walked. Nah, not likely he did. Six miles out there. He knows he's got a sure ride here with Juan. All the same, I'd feel better if I knew exactly where he was. Don't forget he's got that deputy's gun and Play. he... Play. Huh? Walking toward the truck. Yeah. Look at the way he's staggering. Hey, but Since you, he didn't Juan, use that $3 for food. Why do you let's sit
1: there like that, huh? Come on, you come have a drink with me, huh? <laughs> hey, Juan, huh?
4: you're no good. You work all the time. What's the matter you work all the time, Juan, huh? Come Forget on. about Juan. You can talk to us now. What? No! no. Stand no. still, Jose. Get the gun, play. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. How are you find it? Thirty-one, he said, you, huh? Come on, Jose. You're a popular boy back in El Corso. We want to get you there fast. No,
1: I don't go. Let's get moving. No, I don't go to El Corso.
4: It'll only be for a little while, Jose. Hey. And I think the state'll give you a more permanent home.
0: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have
1: just heard. Jose LaGuro was tried and convicted on counts of armed robbery, felonious assault, and kidnapping. He was sentenced to 23 years in the state prison at Richmond, Texas. The Mexican government requested that upon his release, he be sent to Mexico to serve sentence for crimes committed in that country.
0: Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Travesty. Travesty.
1: It is 10.30 a.m. February 12, 1951 at a Texas Ranger's headquarters as the commander of that company, Captain Stinson, is disturbed from his desk duties by an unexpected caller.
7: Morning. Are you Captain Stinson? Uh, sure I sure am. What can I do for you? My name's Phil Clampett. Come a long way to talk to you, Captain. Sit down, Mr. Clampett.
8: Thank you. Now, what's your problem?
7: Well, this is bigger than just any little problem of mine, Captain. It's a matter of catching some crooked cops.
8: That's a mighty serious charge, Mr. Clampett.
7: Sure it is. I don't mind telling you I'm plenty burned up about this. I'll try to keep my dander down until I give you the facts. That'll be just fine. A couple of weeks ago, my company moved me down from St. Joe, Missouri to our Texas office at Harper's Ferry. Yeah? I brought my wife and kids, of course, and I was driving them down to the New Sedan I bought for the trip. Stopped by a little drive-in on Highway 92 near a town called Corona.
8: About 150 miles northeast of here.
7: Yeah. And while we was inside eating, somebody opened the back of my car and stole a brand new spare. Sent for a deputy sheriff right away and reported it. That's the best thing you could have done, Mr. Clampett. That's what I thought at the time. Deputy took down a full complaint and said he'd look into it. I gave this information to the insurance company, of course. When you filed a claim for the tire? Sure. Well, the insurance company made a routine check. And the sheriff of Corona County wrote him back saying he had no information on file about a tire theft report. I see. I was good and riled up about it. Because it sure makes me look like a sap. So I wrote to the sheriff of Corona County myself and asked him what in blazes was going on.
8: Well, have you got his
7: answer yet? Right here in my pocket. Here. Here it is. Mm. I don't like his attitude at all. Look, says here, have interviewed all my deputies. And we have no information at all about any report having been made of an alleged tire theft.
8: Yeah, I see. Well, how you
7: like that? Alleged. Why, he's called me a blasted liar, Captain. Is it possible, Mr. Clampett, that you could have the wrong county? No, it ain't, Ranger. Don't have a tire stolen every day in a week. And I'm not likely to forget where it happened.
8: You're sure it was on Highway 92, near Corona? Yeah.
7: Place had a filling station right next to it. How could you be positive the tire was stolen there, Mr. Clappett? Because I stopped on the highway about a mile before we got there to get a blanket out of the back. And the tire was there then.
8: And when did you first notice it was gone?
7: Just as soon as we'd finished eating. It was getting colder and my wife wanted another quilt for the kids, you see? Uh-huh. And we went to get it before we started and found the back of the car had been jimmied open and the tire was gone. Look, here's a receipt for repairs on the trunk, Captain.
8: Tell me, do you remember the name of the deputy you talked to, Mr. Clampett?
7: No, no, I don't.
8: He was a young fellow, though, and I gave him a detailed report of the whole thing. Now the sheriff says he don't have any such report on file. Now look, Mr. Clampett. I've known Sheriff Halstead of Corona County for a long time. He's considered a mighty fine officer.
7: Well, something's fishy somewheres, because I sure talked to a deputy. And if you can't trust
8: even the law nowadays...
7: Who can you trust, Captain?
8: Now, just hold on. We'll try to find out for you what went wrong over there. Johnson, get me KTXA. Soon as I get the radio station, Mr. Clampett, I'll have a ranger assigned to investigate this right
1: away. Within minutes, Ranger Jace Pearson had called in, was briefed on the case and assigned to take over the investigation. He proceeded at once to the county courthouse in Corona and was told he could locate Sheriff Halstead at the cattle pens of a local stockyard. Pearson contacted him there about noon.
4: Sheriff Halstead? Yo! Oh, hello there, Jay. Can I speak to you for a minute? Sure thing. Well, what you doing over this way? Come on over here where we can hear ourselves think, huh? (laughs) You bet. So, Bud, I'll talk to you later. I got kind of a ticklish job in my hands, Jim, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. I hope you'll bear with me while I clean up a little misunderstanding here. Sure thing. Far away, Jase. Okay. You got a letter on February 7th from Harper's Ferry, didn't you, from a party named Phil Clampett? Yeah, I did. Some fellow claims he made a report of a tire theft to one of my deputies. And I understand you wrote him that you'd interviewed all your deputies and none of them had taken any such report. That's right. Boys didn't know anything about it. Well, it must be some kind of a crank, I think. Well, I don't think so, Sheriff. He had a receipt for repairs on the trunk of his car, and Cap Stinson seemed to think he was telling the truth. Oh, so now he's pestering the Rangers about it, is he? Let me ask you something, Sheriff. Yeah? Have you ever had any complaints on any of your deputies before? Nothing to speak of. Oh, about three months ago, a fellow was picked up for vagrancy and claimed Jerry Matthews emptied his wallet before he brought him in. Did you check on it? Sure, nothing to it. fellow was plastered. Is Jerry Matthews a young fella? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Nice, clean-cut kid. How long has he been working for you, Sheriff? Oh, six, seven months, I reckon. A good officer? Kind of hard-headed. Gives me a little static sometimes, but he's got plenty of nerve. Matter of fact, I'd say he's my best man, Jase. Well, Clampett's dead sure it was one of your deputies he talked with. How could he be sure? When he wrote me, he didn't even remember the name of the diner. There are dozens of chicken and burger joints on Highway 92. He's pretty definite about its being near Corona, Cap said. Do you know of any place on the highway with a filling station next to it? Why, sure, that's the roundup, but... oh, well, Clampett didn't tell me that. Who covers that area, Sheriff? Jerry Matthews and myself. The same fellow you had the complaint on before? Yeah, but look here, Jace. Might as well accuse me. I'd bet my bottom dollar he's a straight shooter, that kid. Clampett said it was a young fella. I think I better talk to Matthews, Sheriff. Okay, Jace. I sent him up in the hills this morning. He's checking on a moonshiner. You want to ride up there? Yeah. I'd like to clean this up right away, Jim. The Sheriff picked up his horse in Corona and loaded him into my trailer with charcoal. We drove about 30 miles out of Corona and took off on horses into the hills. The Sheriff knew where the still was supposed to be located, so we didn't have any trouble finding his deputy. Up there's
6: Jerry's horse. Oh, there he is now, over there, coming up from behind that rock. Hey, Jerry. Sheriff! Shall... Whoa, whoa. whoa. You find anything? No, just another rumor, I guess. Looked all over. There's nothing here. Just come out on a wild goose chase. Jerry, yeah, there's Ranger Pearson. Jerry Matthews. Morning, Ranger. Ranger wants to talk to you, Jerry, about that fellow who claims he had his tire stolen. You mean the one who wrote that letter? Didn't even know where it happened. Well, we figure
4: now he was talking about the roundup, Jerry.
6: I told you last week I don't know anything about it, Sheriff.
4: Clampett still claims he talked to a deputy, a young fellow, who took down a written report. What do you want to talk to me for? You looking to accuse me, Ranger, of concealing something? I'm not looking for anything but information, Jerry.
6: I told you, Sheriff, I never took no such report. Look, Jerry, the Ranger here has been assigned to clear this up. And while he's here, I want you to cooperate with him as much as you can. Well, get one of the other boys. I got more than I can do now. I can't send you out on anything else, Jerry. It'll get this cleaned up.
4: Meaning I am under suspicion, then. We'd just like to have you stick around until we get to the bottom of this, Jerry.
6: In the meantime, just on the report of some crackpot, you're relieving me of my duties. Is that it?
4: Now, get a hold of yourself, Jerry. Remember, you're still wearing the deputy's
6: badge. No, I'm not. I'm turning it in. Now, Here. wait a minute, Jerry. No reason for you to fly off the handle like this. What more can I tell you, except I don't know anything about a tire theft. I suppose next you can ask me if I stole the tire.
4: Well, somebody stole it, Matthews. and We'd like to have all the help we can in locating who did. First off, we want to find out who took that report.
6: Well, you can stop investigating me right now, Ranger, because I'm not a deputy anymore. I've quit. Now, take it easy, Jerry. Well, I'm fed up with this. I'd better be looking for a job than working for someone who doesn't trust me.
4: I'm not taking any more orders from you, Sheriff. I'm through. Turning in that badge, Matthews, doesn't mean you're not still taking orders from both of us. What do you mean, Ranger? I mean the sheriff and I are ordering you to stick around and be available for questioning until we figure this out. We're not through investigating this case yet. After we left Jerry Matthews, we headed for the Roundup Cafe to talk to the owner. We drove out to Highway 92 and got there little past one. That's Charlie Reeves. He owns the place. I like to know if he remembers about that deputy. Hey, right, Charlie, you got a minute? Ranger Pearson here wants to talk to you.
6: Sure thing. Wait till I wipe my Well, howdy,
4: Ranger. Howdy. Mr. Reeves, do you remember an out-of-state car belonging to a fellow named Phil Clampett? Who? Phil Clampett. He claims he had a spare stolen out of the back of his car while he was eating in here.
6: No, sir. I don't remember anyone having a tire
4: stolen. When it happened? A couple of weeks ago. You don't recall one of your customers sending for a deputy sheriff at any time?
6: No, sir, I don't,
4: Ranger. You know a deputy named Jerry Matthews? Sure do. You remember if he's been around here lately?
6: No, don't think he has. Used to drop in here for grub all the time before he got married. But I haven't seen Jerry more than twice in the last year, I reckon. Don't look as though you're gonna be much help to us, Charlie. Sure sorry, Sheriff. Hey, maybe Vince knows something about it. Hey, yeah, yeah. Take a face out of that blueberry pie for a minute. Come over here, will you? Yes. Yeah, sure. That's my brother-in-law, Ranger. Takes care of the filling station next door for me.
4: Might be able to tell you
6: something. Uh, Vince, This is Ranger Pearson.
4: Howdy, Ranger. I'd like to know if you can give us any information about a tire theft.
1: Tire theft?
4: Yeah. A fellow named Clampett says it happened here, and he sent for a deputy. You know anything about it? Search me. Never heard anything about a
1: tire theft or a deputy coming here either, Ranger. you being outside, if a tire was stolen, it seems like I sure would have known about it.
6: Would you be able to recognize a customer if they come in here just once, Charlie? Well, that's hard to say. An awful lot of people drop by here in 24 hours. But I'd sure remember it if anything like that had happened.
1: Uh, maybe that fellow's pulling an insurance rack and pick up the price of a
4: tire. Say, how about that, Jase? Could be. Maybe we'd better get Clampett over here, Sheriff, and be sure we got the right diner. Right. So long, boy.
6: Sure,
4: sorry. We can't be more
6: help to you, Ranger. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it seems funny. Nobody remembers anything about it, don't it, Jase? Yeah, it does. And I'm
4: feeling kind of bad now about Jerry Matthews turning in his badge. Tell you what, Sheriff. Let's go out to Jerry's house and take him over to Harper's Ferry with us to talk to Clampett. Darn good idea, Jase. Because if this does turn out to be a racket, Jerry might like to be on hand when we clean it up.
0: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Travesty. Travesty.
4: drove over to Jerry Matthews' house to pick him up and take him with us to Harper's Ferry to get Clampett. It was about 3.15 when we reached Jerry's place. I could hear a baby crying inside the house.
9: Yes? Oh, hello,
4: Sheriff. Hi, I'm Miss Matthews. This is Ranger Pierce Afternoon, ma'am.
9: Come in, won't you?
6: Jerry, home, Miss Matthews?
9: What? Why, no, Sheriff. He, he's gone out on an assignment. He said...
6: Oh, oh, yeah. Say, when he be
4: home?
9: No, he didn't, Sheriff. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about Skipper's carrying on so, but he, he ain't been very well today.
4: You're expecting your husband home for supper, aren't you, ma'am?
9: I don't know. I don't rightly know if he'll come home at all, Range.
6: Anything about his job, Martin?
9: Oh, oh, no. He, he sure likes his job, Sheriff. It's, well, it's only we had such an awful fight today when he came home for lunch. He'll
4: probably blow over, ma'am.
9: <laughs> yeah. I, it's just nerves, I guess. You see, we don't either of us get much sleep nowadays. Baby's been awful fussy lately, and we've both been up half the night with him.
6: You gotta go through that to raise the family, Martha.
9: Sure. I guess today was mostly my fault. I was nagging at him about money again.
6: Not having any trouble, I hope.
9: Don't everybody nowadays? You see... Jerry's still struggling to pay off the hospital bill for Skipper and the washing machine Man, and all. It's pretty
4: tough on a policeman's salary. Oh,
9: gee, yeah. I, well, I guess I'd devil Jerry about paying the rent on time. It's mostly because we're leasing from my folks. Kind of a stubborn point of pride, I reckon.
6: Anything I can do to help, Martha?
9: No, thanks, Sheriff. I guess Jerry takes an awful lot from me. Fuzzing about the rent and all. But today when I pitched into him about it, he, he just blew up at me and said he was getting out and he wasn't coming back. That's well, probably
4: not half as serious as you think, Mrs. Matthews. Oh, gee, I hope not.
9: Where'd you send him today, Sheriff?
4: Well, uh, let's see, I can't just recall now, Martha. I've been up to my neck lately. Well, ma'am, I guess we'd better be heading along. Well,
9: is there anything special you want with Jerry Richard? No,
4: just tell him we were asking for him.
9: Oh, I sure will. I'm... I'm hoping he'll cool off and head home for too long.
4: Well, thank you, Miss Matthews. Sure hope that baby picks up soon.
9: He's just kind of got a touch of colic, I guess. I I reckon he'll be all right. Goodbye, Ranger. It was nice to meet you.
6: Thank you, ma'am. Goodbye, Martha. Take it easy. Don't like Jerry's heading out of town like that, Jace, when you told him to stick around. I
4: don't like it either, Sheriff. Looks like Jerry's getting a little too independent for his own good. Of course, I hate to admit
6: it, but if they're having financial troubles, maybe Jerry did have something to do with that tire theft. Maybe so. wonder
4: what he's up to now, telling Martha he's on an assignment when he's turned his badge in. Glad you didn't give him away, Sheriff, till we find out a little more about what's going on. I sure hope he isn't mixed up in this Clampett case, Jace. with a new baby and all. I hope so, too. Don't think we can tell anything till we go get Clampett. Sheriff and I headed for Harper's Ferry to pick up Clampett. We got to the house about 5.15 and knocked on his door. No one was home, so we walked around the garage at the back of the house. The car's not in the garage. Probably hasn't come home from work yet. Yeah. What'll we do, wait for him? Uh, Just a minute, Sheriff. What? There's a tire in that garage. A new one. Do you suppose that
6: nervy so-and-so really is pulling an insurance racket after all?
4: Sure looks like it, doesn't it? Well, oh, there's a
6: car coming in the driveway now, Jason. Tire there is the same as those on his car.
4: Yeah. Mr. Clampett? Yeah? I want to talk to you a minute. We're here to see about that tire theft. Well, I'm sure glad you fellas are getting moving on this thing. Looks like we should have come to see you in the first place, Mr. Clampett. What do you mean? Maybe you can explain what that new tire, same issue as these on your car here, is doing in your garage. Uh, what are you talking about, Ranger? Mister Clampett. This is Sheriff Jim Halstead of Corona County. Uh, I think he's waiting for a little explanation too. I sure am, Clampett. What's that spare
6: doing in there after you raised all this rumpus? Accusing one of my deputies of withholding a report? You're a loco.
7: I haven't got no spare. I've been trying for weeks to collect from the insurance company so I could buy another one. Well,
4: there it is, over there, Clampett.
7: Would you like to take a look? I sure would. Well, I'll be. How the devil did that get in there? Well, this tire wasn't in here when I left this morning. It is your spare, isn't it? It is. At least it looks like it. The one that was stolen? Yeah, but, Ranger, I tell you up till this morning it wasn't here. And I've been away all day.
4: Where's your family?
7: Well, my wife and kids are up visiting her sister in Waco. Somebody must have put it in here today while I was away. I'll bet it was that crooked deputy of yours, Sheriff. Now, look here, Clampett. I think you've caused my county enough trouble already. Ranger, listen... I'm telling you the truth. Somebody did put it in here. Well, look around. You see all the dust on things? This tire here is clean. You can see it hasn't been laying here long.
4: I can see that, all right. The tire is clean. There are a few fresh fingerprints on the casing. If all those prints are yours, Mr. Clampett, you're in trouble. If they belong to somebody else, then maybe we'll believe you. (laughs) I got my kit and lifted the prints from the tire. Then we fingerprinted Clampett at the constable's office in Harper's Ferry. We sent a copy of his prints along with the tire prints to the lab in Austin for comparison. Then we took Clampett with us in my car and headed for Jerry Matthews' house. Got there about ten after nine. You stay in the car, Clampett. We'll bring him out here. Come on, Sheriff. Jace, there are times when I don't like my job too much. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have a feeling Clampett's telling the truth. Would have hidden the tire if he hadn't been. Yeah, Jerry's skipping off like that, telling Martha they had an assignment. Not too good with that tire suddenly turning up. Yeah? Oh, it's you, Sheriff. Ranger I'd like to talk to you, Jerry. Come on outside. No use upsetting your wife.
6: Be with you in a minute, honey.
4: Now what do you want? I'd like to know where you were from noon on today, Jerry. When you told Martha you were going on an assignment.
6: Look, I'm not working for you anymore, Sheriff. I don't have to be badgered with questions like this.
4: Oh, yes, you do. I'm here representing the county,
6: and Ranger Pearson represents the state.
4: All right. What do you want to know, Ranger? Were you in Harper's Ferry today, Matthews? No, I wasn't. Where were you then? Not going to answer that. I don't have to. Listen, Jerry. You know we're just doing our job. Why don't you tell us and be done with it? I'm not
6: keeping anything from you that's any of your business.
4: Where you were this afternoon is our business.
6: Oh, look, you fellas, haven't I any right to privacy at all?
4: Why don't you want to tell us? Just don't want her, that's all. You know, Jerry, there's an old saying, the truth is a mighty powerful weapon. Yeah. It can't do anything but help you out of this mess. Now, where were you all day today? I was at my father-in-law's over in Junction.
6: He had some things to settle with him. Well, I didn't want to tell Martha about it because I didn't want to upset her with Skipper's sick.
4: You still don't believe me, do you? Just one more thing. Yeah? I want a fellow sitting over in the car to take a look at you. What fellow? Bill Clampett. Come on, Jerry. Mr. Clampett, is this the deputy that took the report?
7: Yeah. Mm
4: Mm-mm. No opening.
7: He was a big fellow, about the same size, but... uh... The one I talked to was kind of grimy looking. Dirty fingernails and all. And couldn't help noticing when he took down the report. This fella ain't the deputy I talked to at all.
4: Thanks. Okay, Jerry. That does it. We'll go into your wife now.
6: Thanks. The sheriff? Yeah. Sure sorry about this morning. Didn't quite realize what that badge meant to me. I got it right here in my pocket, Jerry, if you'd like to have it back. Sure would. Thanks. Uh, good
3: night,
4: Ranger. Nice kid. Yeah. Well, I still don't know who did this. Dirty fingernails, huh? Hey, wait a minute. What is it, Jase? Mr. Clamford? Yeah, Ranger? Did this deputy sheriff you talked to have dark sort of curly hair? Yeah, he did. You mean you're beginning to believe me? Uh-huh. You'd been lying. you tried to pin it on Jerry just now. What were you driving at a minute ago, Jase? Well, when we were talking to those people at the Roundup the other day, couldn't help noticing how dirty that brother-in-law's hands were. Vince? Yeah. Looked as though he might have washed them all right, but there was black grease under his nails. Vince could have done it all right. Sure, being right there in the filling station next to the parking lot, he's got a perfect racket stealing tires off of out-of-state cars. And most of them had never missed him for a while, either. Not until they were miles out of the state. Mr. Clampett, did the deputy you talked to have kind of almond-shaped eyes? Yeah, he did, Ranger. Come on, Sheriff, get in. We got an interesting call to make. We headed for the Roundup Cafe on Highway 92. When we got there, the filling station was dark and the neon sign over the diner was out. The lights were on inside and we could see Charlie drying a stack of dishes. Vince was leaning against the counter, a can of beer in his hand. He got out of the car and went up to the door. Ranger. There he is. There's the deputy I talked
7: to. The one with the brew in his hand. Would you like to get a closer look? I sure would. Hey, lock up, folks.
4: It's Ranger Pearson. Open up. Well, I'm sorry, Ranger. didn't know it was you.
1: Hey, Charlie. Yeah? Ranger and Sheriff want to
4: see you. Okay. Stick around. We want to talk to you, too.
6: Quiet. Oh, yeah. Charlie Ranger, out of here. Can I get you
4: some coffee or something? No, thanks. Friend here wants to say hello to you, Charlie. Huh? Ranger, he's the one that told me to call the deputy.
6: What's he talking about? I never saw this
4: guy before. This is Mr. Clampett. Claims he had a tire stolen here two weeks ago.
6: How many times
7: you two gotten away with this neat little racket? And which one of you hooks the tires?
4: How about that, Vince? It would be kind of simple for you, wouldn't it? Being outside... Just to break open the back of a car and take out the spare?
6: Yeah, and then if somebody discovers it missing like Clampett did, you put in a call to the gas station, Charlie. Overcomes Vince, the quick change artist, pretending he's the deputy sheriff. Listen, I don't know what this fella's been feeding you to, but I tell you, Ranger, it's all a pack of lies.
4: Just the same. I'd like to have you both come down to the sheriff's office with us. What for? I wanna take your fingerprints. You see, somebody got a little scared and returned Mr. Clampett's tire, figuring this whole thing would blow over that way. But he didn't know he was leaving a nice, fresh set of fingerprints while he was returning it.
6: Okay. We'll be glad to come down with you. Oh,
8: well, no, we won't.
6: Hold it, Vince. Grab Charlie, Sheriff. You stay here, Charlie. Yeah. No, you don't, Vince. Hold right, oh, me. I, you,
7: oh.
6: <laughs> Drop that cleaver, Vince. i oh, kill you. Drop it. You all right, Jason? Yeah. You darn fool, Vince. What do you have to try to duck for? It's
1: all right for you, Charlie. You haven't got any prints on it, Ty.
6: Uh...
4: Well, we've got a pair of handcuffs for him just the same. Come on, get up, man. Now, let me tell you something. A badge is a mark of trust. It doesn't belong on rats like you. Get moving. <laughs>
0: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. The lab report positively identified Vince Wright's prints on the stolen tire.
1: Faced with this evidence, he and Charlie Reeves made full statements concerning their tire theft racket and impersonation of a peace officer. They were arraigned before the district court on charges of larceny and fraud and were each given prescribed terms according to law in the state
0: penitentiary at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of
8: the Te- Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard each week overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Starting Wednesday,
7: enjoy the best of Groucho on NBC.